श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए ग्रंथ राज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाए So we're continuing our discussion of Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter 7. Now we come to text 26, and this is in the middle of the, really the first narrative concerned directly with Krishna Leela. And the uh, book, as we know, is a, is a veritable collage of different uh, narratives taken from different places and uh, assembled together in an artful way. Some of the places from which there are obvious places that the narratives are taken from from other Puranas and the Itihasas and so forth. These are the sacred uh, narratives of the, uh, of the Hindus. And the Bhagavad has taken those and represented them, or parts of them, here and there and so forth, all in the context of answering various questions that are raised or uh, that to bring out particular points and for the sake, without question, in some instances, to bring out uh, particular points. This section is uh, largely... it's uh, the. It's a segue into the glories of Maharaj Parikshit, and the canto will culminate with the curse that gave rise to his meeting Sukadev. Sukadev will be introduced, and so forth. Um, so, that, uh, given that, um, as we've been discussing here and somewhat elsewhere, as well. It's not a historical book. It might be wise to present it sometimes as such to help people get oriented and uh, and so forth. But overall, fine, it's, it's not a historical book. It doesn't claim to be a historical book. It's a it's mystical book that speaks about the nature of consciousness and its possibilities that arise, that are in relation with Bhagavan, the source of consciousness. And so, here the, in the narrative, what's important is to, to follow what is the point that's being raised. And we heard already, as I mentioned today and in previous days, that the point in overarching sense of these, this narrative and following narratives in this canto, are to bring out the glories of Maharaj Parikshit. Hmm? So this is the beginning of the glorification of Raj Parikshit. Now, within the context of that, we found in our last discussion that um, Arjun addressed Krishna beautifully in light of the fact that Ashvatama, who is the grandson of Arjun, Arjun has been introduced into the text for the first time, and again, as I mentioned previously, this somewhat picks up where the Bhagavad Gita leaves off. Bhagavad Gita leaves off at the beginning of the, just before the Battle of Kurukshetra, and this picks up now at the end of the Kurukshetra with regard to the first narrative concerning the leelas of Krishna. Krishna is very much involved in the battle. He's the chariot driver of Arjun. So Arjun has again been introduced, and Arjun is finding himself suddenly in some difficulty and... Uh, um, what is that difficulty? The difficulty is that Ashvatama, the son of uh, Drona, Arjun's teacher and guru in the military arts, has engaged in a very cowardly and unbecoming activity. He killed the five sleeping sons of Draupadi. Draupadi is, of course, the wife of Arjun and uh, she has a unique um, position with regard to her being the wife of Virgin because she's the wife of the other Pandavas as well, one woman and five husbands. So you can get from this, she's a very powerful woman. And we'll see that here in, in, in the text <clears throat> as she's introduced for the first, first time. Uh, Many, many powerful and extraordinary women uh, 
highlighted in the instrument Bhagavatam. So, uh, ultimately, of course, culminating in the Braj Sundaris them, themselves, the, the epitome the, of, uh, of, of devotion, the, the pinnacle, the example, the highest example of devotion. Mm. So, uh, Ashvatam has performed a terrible act and he knows it. He's brought the, the, the heads of the five slain sleeping children of Draupadi to Drona, thinking that Drona would be pleased, and Drona is, of course, upset. And so he knows he's, he's done something um, unbecoming, and he's invoked the wrath of Arjuna, and Arjuna, hearing about it, has made a vow to uh, rectify the situation as much as one can by way of uh, avenging this uh, uh, evil act uh, in the form of bringing the perpetrator to, uh, to justice. And he's vowed to bring him before uh, Draupadi and deal with him um, very, uh, very strongly. And, of course, what does this have to do with Maj Pariksha? Well, we, we'll, we'll, we'll see as we go on and enter into the, the next chapter. What happens here, of course, Ashvatama becomes afraid, Arjuna comes after him, and he, uh, Ashvatama releases a very powerful mantra weapon, the Brahmastra, and Arjuna finds himself in trouble in relation to the Brahmastra weapon. So he approaches Krishna, he glorifies Krishna in four beautiful verses, and we discussed them in our last meeting, and the gist of them, other than his bringing out some very important uh, theological points about Krishna in relation to his different shaktis and so forth. The overarching point uh, was that Krishna protects his devotees. So this is a lesson to be learned from this narrative and the following narrative, wherein Ashvatama, after being... Um, Rectified here, as we see, does something again in the next chapter. He releases another Brahmasta and is aimed at the womb of uh, Uttara, who is the mother of Parikshit to be, who's about 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 to be born. In an attempt, Ashvatthama to kill the last uh, any remaining uh, would be. Pandava descendant heirs to the to the throne. Just to go into that briefly, of course, Krishna, as he is intervening here to some extent to help Arjuna by way of giving him advice. Hmm? Um, in that chapter, he in, it follows when Ashvatthama releases another Brahmasta aimed at the womb of Uttara to kill Parikshit Marsh. Of course, he can't really save Parikshit Marsh by giving him any advice, he's in the womb. <laughs> so he makes his own appearance in the womb and shields him from the Brahmastra and so forth. And, and so again, the overarching point here in this narrative, or, or one of the one that it be, begins with, is that Krishna protects his devotees. Rakshikshatiti Vishwash. Whoa. We heard, we're hearing about this in our discussions in the morning of... Um, <coughs> Harinam Chintamani, Sri Bhaktivinoda Thakur's beautiful book about the, uh, well, Nam Chintamani, the, how the Nam is, is from which, that from which you can get anything. Chintamani is the proverbial philosopher's stone that is said if you touch it to iron, it turns iron into gold. Hmm? So it's a wish-fulfilling uh, stone, so... The Harinam is like a precious stone, a precious jewel. And if you touch it, make a wish. Chintamani Swarup. Bhaktivinoda describes it in another place. You can get your wish, and your wish, if you are, of course, cultivating bhakti, in the context of trying to be a saranagata, a surrendered soul, as we're hearing about, then in time some... As that stage, if you will, of Sharanagati is is erected within the heart, hmm, then 
the the drama of Krishna Leela will, will is has a has a has a stage then to uh, to perform upon, and this this hurt this this happens this erecting of the stage is completed in the stage of Ruchi, wherein some desires come for serving Bhagawan. They start to come to serve him in a particular way, to be act favorably to him and uh, and so forth. So. Uh, this gels, if you will, and uh, solidifies into a specific desire and nam for serving Krishna particularly. And nam uh, is the vehicle by which that will be fulfilled. So, uh, again, w- one of the angas or the limbs of the sixfold, six-armed sharanagati is. Uh, uh, thinking that Krishna alone is my protector. Hmm? So we see Arjun here has demonstrated this. He's a Sharanagata, of course, and, and much more. Hmm? That uh, he has the tendency within him hmm, to take shelter of Krishna uh, for all of his needs. We might think, why will I ask Krishna for something that I need? I should only serve him and so forth. And there's some truth to that. Um, uh, but as we've ta- discussed, it would be good for us to approach Krishna even for things that we need that we might develop a tendency of taking shelter of him, depending upon him. Hmm? Um, here's an instance Extraordinary instance with Brahmastra coming and so forth. Anyway, Arjun uh, begins by saying that you're the um, protector of your devotees. Your devotees are, he says, your devotees are fearless because because of who you are and how you how you feel towards them. Hmm? Uh, your Krishna is not a dis a um, dispassionate uh, lover. He's very actively involved with uh, the life of his devotees. He has a bias towards them. This is, is said to be his most beautiful quality, bhaktovatsala. Hmm? So we don't want to cross his devotees. <laughs> he, will, uh, he will not show, um, how you say, equality at that time. You know, he'll, he will speak up in favor of his devotee. So, um, as the story goes on here, then um, Krishna now has been glorified by Arjun, and so he says that what he says, "O Deva Deva, Krishna, kamidam svit kuto beti Deva Deva na ved miham sarvato mukam." Ayati teja paramadarunam. O Deva Deva, God of the gods, how is it that this dangerous effulgence is spreading all around? Where does it come from? I do not understand it. It's the Brahmastra. He knows he's in difficulty. Sri Bhagavan So Krishna begins to speak. He says that, know for me that this is the act of the son of Drona. He has thrown the hymns of the nuclear uh, Brahmastra and he does not know how to retract the glare. He has helplessly done this, being afraid of imminent death. Hmm? O Arjun, only another Brahmastra can counteract this weapon since you are expert in the military science. So do this weapon with your own weapon. Sudha Goswami continues, he says that Hearing from Krishna, Arjun touched water for purification and after circumambulating Sri Krishna, he cast the Brahmastra weapon to counteract the weapon of Ashwatthama. When the rays of the two Brahmastras collided, a great circle of fire like the disk of the sun covered all the outer space in the whole firmament of planets and the population of all the three worlds was scorched. By the combined heat of the weapons, everyone was reminded of the Sambartaka fire which takes place at the time of annihilation. Thus seeing the disturbance of the general populace and the imminent destruction of the planets. 
<laughs> Arjuna at once retracted both Brahmastra weapons as Lord Sri Krishna desired. So the difference between Arjuna here and Ashvatthama is that Ashvatthama was a novice, he could release the weapon, but he didn't know how to call it back. The idea was he could, this is powerful, and he could focus it in one place, and the damage would not be, there would not be collateral damage. But the way he's released it, there's going to be collateral damage, and so it's a problem, but Arjuna could withdraw his after releasing it, and withdraw that of Ashvatthama's as well. He's a mantric weapon. So Arjuna's eyes blazing in anger, like two red balls of copper, dexterously arrested the son of Gotami. This is Ashvatthama, another name for uh, Drona here. And bound him with ropes like an animal. After binding Ashvatthama, Arjuna wanted to take him to the military camp. But Krishna, looking on with his lotus eyes, spoke to angry Arjuna. Spoke. Yeah, he spoke to angry Arjuna. He spoke angrily at Arjuna also. Hmm? He spoke with some anger. Hmm. Arjuna was angry at Ashvatthama. Hmm? And. Krishna has some anger as well. But he's also described here as having lotus eyes. So he said, O Arjun, you should not show mercy by releasing this relative of a Brahmin, for he has killed innocent boys in their sleep. So he's anticipating. Arjun has a soft heart. He's very kind-hearted. He may talk big, but these are all really extended family affairs. Hmm? This is a great civil war, a fratricidal war, and so everybody knows everybody, and they're uh, int intimately related and so forth in ways that are it's not possible in our industrial society. Uh, so the family unit is very much intact and, and so forth. And he's performed an abominable act. That's true, but he's also the son of his own his own guru, and and he himself is a Brahmin, and Brahmins are to be protected and regarded. So it's a complicated issue. So Krishna is anticipating the soft heart of Arjuna and thinks he may release him. So although he has a, described as having lotus eyes, as I said, he's angry and he speaks angrily here. So don't release him. He should be killed. Hmm. But the fact that he is described with as having lotus eyes at the same time being angry, it gives us some indication that Krishna's own words to Arjuna are not his own real intention as to what should be done. Hmm? Here he wants to showcase the Dharma of Arjuna. And what is his understanding? Hmm? This book, of course, is not about Varnashram Dharma, as we know. It gives a kind of a bashing to Varnashram Dharma repeatedly. We've heard that here in these earlier chapters describing the book and so forth. Kind of steps on the head of ordinary religion, which in this case is the Varnashram Dharma, and advocates the Prem Dharma. As Krishna does in the Gita when he says, Sarva Dharman Paritya Rejecting all these religious ideas, just take shelter of me. There's a book uh, that's been published recently, I was told, um, by a scholar and an atheist bordering on a Buddhist who um, really apparently took exception to the phrase that's um, been voiced in our time, I'm not, re I'm sp not religious, but I'm spiritual. And he wanted to apparently make the case that the people who say they're spiritual and not religious 
are as bad or worse than the people who say they're religious. And he portrays them as being uh, very wishy-washy and um, uh, not exhibiting power of discrimination and artificially, um, kind of in a new-agey way, if you will, um, trying to bring about harmony and so forth and so on. But I took exception to his uh, description because um, I believe that there are a good number of people in the society today that say that I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And by saying that, they don't mean that, that they, they aren't uh, the type of people that lack discrimination, but they have uh, discriminated enough to uh, to determine that in the common marketplace of religious uh, expression, there's not much um, to be had. Hmm? Religious fundamentalism, which is the largest section of the religious um, world, whether the Hindu fundamentalist or Christian fundamentalist or Islamic fundamentalist, they come in all all colors. Hmm. Um, such people have given a very um, bad name to to religion, but there are people that nonetheless that that are interested in what religion should be about, the spirit of it, hmm? and many of them gravitate then towards uh, Eastern spirit traditions, uh, even Buddhism for that matter. If, uh, the man is somewhat affiliated with. Um, I look at it more like uh, that at least there's a section of the society that invoke this phrase, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. It's a section of them that are saying, I'm no longer interested in Dharma Jignasu, I'm interested in Brahma Jignasu. Hmm? This is the teaching of the Gita. I'm not religious, don't be religious, be spiritual. Krishna hmm? says, again, Sarvadharman Pritya, give up the religion. He's not even talking about fundamentalist misapplication of religious principles. He's saying the full measure of, of applying oneself in religious principles is not what I'm about. Hmm? To be a good and religious human being hmm, is to not understand that you're not a human being. Hmm? That we're consciousness, not human uh, or any other of the a species of this world, and as such, we have a likeness to our our source, a likeness to uh, to the Godhead that we worship, hmm? and uh, and in Brahma Jignasu and in Rasa Jignasu even more so. Hmm? There's an inquiry into having a union, especially in in the in the, the, the Ragmarg of uh, Gaudiya Sampradaya, a union with the Absolute, a union with Bhagwan, uh, a oneness in love that I like to say is that you and I become we, a dynamic unity and so forth. So, there's a place, anyway, I want to say, for the, for the statement, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And again, in one sense, this is the teaching of the Gita, this is the teaching of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Uh, here, nonetheless, Arjun's dharma is being showcased, as we'll see. What is his understanding of dharma? The book is about more than that, but the idea is that more includes within it everything that is meaningful uh, in the, uh, that one could gather from a religious orientation. Hmm? Uh, so, we find, for example, in the Gita that Arjun appears eminently qualified to inquire about Brahman as he does in the second chapter or as he starts to be schooled by Arjun, by, by Krishna in the second chapter, about Brahman, about consciousness, uh, after uh, demonstrating that he had a very strong dharmic sensibility. He was concerned. Of course, it was a little muddled 
and uh, Arjuna, Krishna was not satisfied. He criticized him there. You speak learned words, but actually, he said, you're, you're a fool. He's really saying you don't know the difference between religion and uh, and spirituality. And uh, he also, at that point, we have to say, to be fair, questioned his 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 dharmic understanding and whether his his advocacy of dharma in the name of not participating in the war was not motivated by some kind of rationalization uh, 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 due to attachment and so forth. Arjuna is slashing his attachments and so forth. But at any rate, he is a very dharmic person. He did bring up dharmic sensibilities. He did cite the artha shastras, dharma shastras, and so forth for for uh, uh, justification for not entering the battle. It was a unique situation. His his reasons may have held otherwise, but mm, his mentor is Krishna, and Krishna has a purpose, and and so on and so forth. So, uh, my point anyway is that 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 the devotee mm, who treads the uh, the spiritual path, and even the ragmarg in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, is not a dharmic. It's not that we re- we, we, we reject the varnashram, huh? and uh, and Vaidhi Bhakti. Hmm? There's a book out now. I heard about. It's called Natural Bhakti, written by someone, and it's an advocacy of uh, Raghunuga Bhakti, and in the context of advocating the natural path of rag bhakti, he very much, apparently from what I read in the review, um, although the reviewer wasn't presenting it like that, from what he was saying I could understand, the, the book constitutes a vilification of Vaidhi bhakti. Hmm? Vaidhi bhakti makes you uptight, makes you have to follow rules and and so on and so forth. So you get guilt complexes, and um, and so on and so forth. And therefore, Vaidhi Bhakti should be rejected, and the Rag Bhakti should be accepted. And we should just glorify Krishna, not worry about whether we are following any rules or you know being morally sound. That will all come in due course. Just love, just love Krishna, and become a gopi and. Uh, this kind of, you know, you know, there's some truth to that, but Bhakti Bhakti is a very honorable and high path hmm? to love Bhagawan out of duty, no matter what will happen to you if you do that. Hmm? No matter what will come your way, hmm? uh, however tra- traumatic and difficult your life might become in this world as a result of that, we find. Uh, the example of Ram, dutiful love in Ram Leela, and of course he was, his father was cursed, and so to uphold up the honor of his father's, or his father wasn't cursed, but his father had made a promise, and uh, to one of his wives, and when his wife asked that Ram be banished to the forest, just before the day before he was to be coronated, uh, Dasarath had a um, fainted and. And woke up and thought it wasn't true. Found that you know she actually this she wants the promise that you gave her to be fulfilled by way of your uh, agreeing to banish Ram from the kingdom and so forth. So um, to see that his father's honor honored his promise, he insisted, "No, I'll go." He went to the forest and so many other things in the Ramli that we find extremes. Uh, the, the 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 adherence to uh, Mariada. Hmm? Uh, to etiquette and uh, uh, and the, the righteous life on the part of Ram is so extreme that we know he's God. Nobody could do it like that. Hmm. Um, so this is one example, and there are many other examples uh, of um, uh, great uh, devotees in the Bhagavad who are Vaidhi Bhaktas, Narada is a Vaidhi Bhakta, Prahlad is a Vaidhi Bhakta. Hmm? Uh, Rag Bhakti has nothing to do with vilifying Vaidhi Bhakti and Vaidhi Bhakti has nothing to do with giving you psychological complexes by way of intimidating you to fo- follow follow 
uh, certain vows and and forego certain things and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? The things, for example, that Prabhupada asked his students to follow are, uh, are mentioned right here in these coming chapters of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? To avoid intoxication and um, uh, uh, forego a a, uh, a um, unharnessed uh, uh, sexual pursuit, as we might be uh, driven towards, and and uh, and 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 and, and to forego uh, um, uh, meat eating, and uh, uh, of course he probably wants to accept that one. It's not a problem, but <laughs> the others are giving people complexes. I mean. It, it, it's a, a, a it's a misunderstanding of Vaidhi Bhakti. These things have to be pointed out. But we we honor Vaidhi Bhakti is so high, so glorious that that and that Rag Bhakti is, is is at a higher pitch, if you will. It's it's love out of love, not out of duty, not because it should be done, but whether it should even if it shouldn't be done, it appears it's done. Of course, this is in relation relation to a form of Bhagavan. Hmm? Sri Krishna in the Braj Lila, hmm, where he's not acting like God. Hmm. Well, you see, wait, wait, that's God, that's Krishna. You shouldn't be acting with him like that, wrestling him to the ground, and so forth. Mother Soda binding him up to the mortar. That's God. You can't, uh, but this is the form in which he allows for such intimacy. And what is the measure of the love of such people, and so forth? Yes, they're foregoing the Dharma, but what are they for? What are they foregoing? They're righteous people. <laughs> They're not taking intoxication and gambling and uh, well, there's some gambling with the pond of his best another thing. <laughs> but they're not uh they're not uh not a dharmic people. Uh, my point is Arjun is a very righteous dharmic person. And when we build we read the first six chapters of the Gita, we get to the end, and Arjun and Krishna's now gonna start talking about Bhakti directly, about Bhagavan himself and about Bhakti. We learn a huge. We've learned a huge lesson as to what goes into a a devotee. Hmm? Um, uh, you know what kind of a what kind of a person uh, he or she is, uh, what kind of character, and so forth. Hmm? Um, you know, he's acting without desire for the fruits of his action. He's Experience the ingress of wisdom into the, and uh, uh, he understands the Dharma and so forth. Of course, someone could—it's true—have entry by good sadhusanga without any good qualities. But we should see that these qualities do come within us by our our practice, and we should not be um, well. Um, Criticizing Bhadi Bhakti or those who are uh, pursuing the Rag Bhargana in, in, in a sensible way and, and adopting uh, appropriate standards of behavior that are favorable to Bhakti. So, anyway, Arjun was a very qualified person. The Brahma Jignasu, the point is, in the, in, in the sacred text, comes after the Dharma Jignasu. And the Rasa Jignasu comes after that. Hmm. But it's true. If we have good sadhu sangha, we could start to inquire about rasa in a little way from that sadhu. And he'll say, yes, this is the goal. Now, pay attention here. Hmm? And do what's required here that you may traverse the path and really end up at the goal. So, here, at any rate, the point is that Krishna wants to showcase the dharmic sensibilities of Arjuna. Hmm? So he's testing him. And Krishna does test his devotees. This is an example. Hmm. Another classic example of Krishna testing his devotees is in the Ras Panchajaya, in the five chapters of the Rasulu, when in the first chapter there, 29th chapter of the 10th canto, when uh, Krishna plays his flute, the gopis come obediently, each one hearing their own name uh, and the sound of the flute, not looking to see if anybody else is going, leaving behind all their family obligations and so forth. These are the kind of things that should be left behind. 
Hmm? Not that we should carry our immoral behavior into a life of bhakti, intoxication and uh, sexual promiscuity and so forth, into a life of bhakti and say, you know, well, you know, we're going to do bhakti and these things are going to go away. And hmm? Hmm. But if you want to give up your family, <laughs> and if you have enough you know, gopis of letting the milk boil all over on the stove, this is their example of crossing over the dharma. Yes, they're they're giving up their husbands, they're going illicitly with Krishna, but <laughs> it's just nothing to do with uh, our maintaining uh, um, inappropriate uh, behavioral standards in, in the name of, of, of rag bhakti is such a high thing. Therefore, pudula raga pata goro abhangi matala sarujana kirtana rangi. This is the motto of, of Gaudiya Math. The Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. We'll worship the Ragmarg. Hmm? We'll f- have reverence for the Ragmarg itself. Not that we'll engage in reverential love of Bhagwan, but we'll have reverence for the for the devotees who tread the Ragmarg. Hmm? We'll think I'm not quite qualified to tread the Marg, but I'll worship those devotees. I'll do their bidding, and so forth. Hmm? And I'll do it in the context of kirtan, by broadcasting, preaching about the glories of such devotees. And then they will be kind enough to hmm, show their mercy on me, and then that will be broken over, that reverence for the Raghmarga. I'll enter into it, and so forth. Hmm? So at any rate, uh, uh, the, the, um is showing here, uh, as he has in, in the Gita, well, that he's a, he's a dharmic person. Our Krishna wants to showcase it um, a little bit more. And he wants to test him. He tested. He tested the gopis. He tests, he's testing him here. Another example. He's testing the gopis. They came. They heard the flute. They came. They left home. And Krishna said, "What are you doing here? You should be with your husbands." Hmm? And so many beautiful verses. Krishna challenged their presence and what they were doing, and tried to and said, "Well, you know, you shouldn't be here. There's other ways you could do that and so forth." And they had to listen to that. And he was testing them. Hmm? He quoted all kinds of Dharma Shastra and so on and so forth, reasons why they shouldn't be there. Hmm? And from Gyan also, hmm? from the point of view of uh, Dharma Marg, Karma Marg, and, and Gyan Marg, he wanted to see, are you Karmis? Are you Gyanis? Or are you Anyabilashita Sunyam? Gyan Karmadi Anavritam? Anukulena Krishnanu Shilanam Bhaktirutam? We find this at the beginning of Rasali. They're coming. Krishna says, don't come with karma. Don't come with gyan. Hmm? That won't attract me. Is your Are you motivated by that? Is your bhakti covered by gyan or by karma? Or is it shuddha? Is it pure? Hmm? We, we want to tread that that marg, we want bhakti only for its own sake, but how much are we influenced by karma or by gyan? Hmm? That'll be sorted out in the final moment to test and see. Hmm? Gopi, the bread sunri himself, Krishna's testing them. He's giving reasons by from the dharma shastra, in other words, on the basis of karma, why they should go home. And from gyan marg, why they should go home. Hmm? This was just to hear the karma mark and the gyan mark. This was painful to their ears. Hmm? Krishna was testing them. And of course, then they replied. Hmm? And then the dance began. Hmm? They showed, oh, we, have, we, we, have, we understand what is Shuddha Bhakti. Hmm? They had Siddhanta. <laughs> they understood the tattva. You don't think that you'll confuse all this tattva like this book I'm, I've, I've referenced. Hmm? And then you'll get bhava. Hmm? So you should all become tattvavit, siddhantavit. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, an ideal in this life. Hmm? Let me understand the tattva, the canvas on which this drama is performed. Hmm? 
Prabhupada was fond of saying, when we have 60 books, hmm, don't think that we are, our students are reading all these books and just worshipping a stone. No. That's God they're worshipping. Hmm? He wanted his, his students to understand anything. Rupa Goswami wrote a book about bhakti for good reasons. Hmm? These, these are to be learned. But Bru did a test on Facebook. He quoted like, Chaitanya Bhagwat or something, a nice verse, or maybe from Harinam Chintamani, and three or four people said, like, then he quoted one from the, maybe the Bhagavatam, hmm? three or four people said, like, and then he then he put a, a, a video link to Janis Joplin singing at the Monterey Pop Festival in 1960, you know, seven or eight or something like that. And, and so many people had like, uh, was really into that one. <laughs> All devotees, of course. Hmm? Huh? That's not going to get you to go over now, that I can tell you that. Huh? that uh, she's a good singer, I suppose, in the time. But uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we hope there at least be, you know, the the, the, the likes for the verses would, would outnumber. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, some things have to be left behind, and and some understanding of shastra and affinity for shastra. What is it saying? What does it mean? What are the implications? It should light us up when we hear, "Oh, yes, this verse. Yes, ah, this is. I'm on the path, and it's like a, a light has come hmm? to sh- show the way hmm, further." Hmm? So. Yeah, we, we probably wanted us to absorb ourselves like scientists said, sit down, studying the books and going over the ramifications, the impl- implications of them and so forth and so on. Nityam bhagavata sevaya bhagavati uttama shloki bhaktir bhavati naistiki nastapraeshu abadreshu nityam bhagavata sevaya all the unwanted things, they'll go by studying the Bhagavatam. And it's, there's a lot in this book. It's not just the five chapters in the Rasalila. And see how much is there if you really understand it. Hmm? So we'll be tested what we know. Are you coming here on the basis of some sentiment? Or do you have a sentiment that's actually grounded in Siddhanta? Hmm? Is it just a sentiment? Oh, yes, I want to do the rock marg. Jai Radhe, and so forth. Hmm? People are fond in Vrindavan of writing, Radhe, big signs everywhere, Radhe, Radhe, Jai Radhe, you know, they write it on the walls and everything like that. People of Vrindavan. <coughs> Sukadeva Goswami, however, in Bhagavatam, he was hesitant even to utter her name so much respect he had. Hmm? And he was afraid if I did, I, he might pass, that he might, he might pass out and not be able to continue the speech to finish it and he only had a few days left before Pariksit was to pass. Hmm? Anybody can say, Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe. But do they have an understanding? What that, what, what is Jai Radhe? Hmm? Jai Radhe is turning the whole religious world upside down, inside out. Hmm? Bhagavan Sri Krishna bows to the bhakti hmm? that Radhe personified. What is the implication of this? This we ponder and pass out ourselves thinking about. We're hmm? studying the book good, in good association. Hmm? This, is, this is our path. So we should become Shastravit. Hmm? According to our capacity, we should understand the implications of Shastra. Gopis were tested. Are you coming, as I said, are you coming on the basis of a sentiment? Hmm? Are you coming with a motive for karma, for gyan? Hmm? Is your bhakti, is your love for me grounded hmm? in, 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 in Shastra? Do you know Rupa Goswami's verse? Anyabhilashita sunyam gyan karmadi anavritam. Anukulena Krishna Nushivanam Bhakti Rutam. And do you know the implications, the meaning of this? Hmm? So Krishna tests his devotees. Anyway, this is another example. Here he's testing Arjuna on a lower level and in this way showcasing to us 
another important point. His devotees are dharmic. Hmm? They may cross the dharma path, but the way they cross the dharma path is not by imitating Krishna and and, and the gopis and having their own paraki affairs on the side and so forth and and, and, and saying jai radhe. This, this is not how they, they cross over the dharma. They become completely dharmic. They realize themselves to be different from matter. They cross over all in due course. Uh, reverential love, they enter there and hmm? and there they break the Dharma <laughs> in the context of the Leela. So, Arjun wants to test him. Hmm? He looks angry. You should kill that rascal. You should not release him. But he's been described as having lotus eyes also. So it means he's not really uh, angry. He says, a person who knows the principle of religion uh, does not kill an enemy who is careless, intoxicated, insane, asleep, afraid, or devoid of his chariot in order to kill a boy, a woman, some foolish creature, or a surrendered soul. Of course, this is what Ashvatthama did. He killed boys sleeping. Hmm? So, uh, he says, a cruel and wretched person who maintains his existence at the cost of others' lives deserves to be killed for his own well-being. Otherwise, he will go down by his actions. So some advocacy, it appears, of capital punishment. It sounds harsh. Now, should we really kill somebody because they've killed someone else? Maybe we should incarcerate them, give them a chance to repair their life, and try to have a meaningful life in such a way that they will not interfere with anybody else's life. There's an argument for this, right? Hmm? Let them go to jail where they can't harm anyone and let them try to live a meaningful life there because you can live a meaningful life anywhere. You're, to live a meaningful and value-rich life does not depend on any kind of material circumstances. Even materially speaking, to speak of a value-rich life in the deepest sense, in a spiritual life. Even materially speaking, it's not dependent on the circumstances. You don't have to have a big house. You don't have to have a big bank account or anything. Hmm? And this is what's more meaningful, to live a meaningful, value-rich life, even materially speaking, to be a good person, to be a care and compassionate person, so you don't need anything. What to speak of then to pursue the highest ideal? Hmm? We don't need things. The Goswamis had no money. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had no money. And money was being thrown at him by Prataprudra Maharaj. Thrown at him. Wherever he walked, when he left Puri, having converted the king to, re- to go to Vrindavan, the Puri, the Maharaj more or less ran in front of him and threw money on the floor, on the ground. He's going to walk over here. I'll make a path. Oh, he didn't go over here. He's going to go over there. Take some more money. Throw it over here. He emptied his whole treasury out when Mahaprabhu left, um, paying people along the way to make his passage more easy uh, and and then build monuments hmm? until his treasury supply was exhausted. Hmm? Monuments commemorating he walked here. He crossed the river here. He said this over here. The Raj emptied his whole treasury out. This is the Raj of Puri. He was very wealthy. Yukajapati, maintainer of elephants, implication being he had a budget. <laughs> they need 200 pounds of food a day. Hmm? He, so he, he just threw his money at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu just walked on it. So Arjun Krishna here is, 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 appears to be making a very 
strong case. He even seems to be speaking in favor of capital punishment. But we may question, and we do in the modern age, is capital punishment really um, the best thing? A guy could at least live a meaningful life in jail and improve himself, and why should we kill him? But we find here that Arjuna, while Krishna is advocating this, he gives some justification. He says, this life is not the only life. The person will be culpable in the next life. If you kill him now, he'll be freed from that. But we'll see in the end, Krishna doesn't advocate the capital punishment of Bhaskatama. Hmm? He wants, he's testing Arjuna. Arjuna will catch the point and release him. And Krishna will be pleased by this. Hmm? Sutta Goswami said, Despite being instructed in his duty and encouraged to kill the son of Dronacharya, Arjuna, the great soul, did not like the idea of killing him. Although he was a heinous murderer of family members. Krishna's telling him, kill him, kill him. Hmm? But Arjuna can... <laughs> is, he's being tested. Hmm? So imagine, Krishna tested Prahlad in the form of Nishingadev. Take something from me. No, I won't take it. Any. Take something. I'm God. I came here. I'm giving a blessing. Everybody take something from me. Take something. Hmm. Is it just a child? And there's Singadev is sitting. He's just like, it's frightened every god and goddess in, in existence. It's just, just tore apart the biggest demon and, and so forth. There he's sitting there. Okay, I'm here. Take something. No, I don't want anything. Take something, I said. I'm, I'm Bhagawan. I give the blessing. Everybody take something from me. No, I don't want anything. He pushed and pushed, and Priyat Bhagavatam is beautifully brought up by Sanatana Goswami. Srikadev kept pushing and pushing. This is another example. He's showcasing who is Prahlad hmm? before all the heavens. Why everyone has some material desire in their heart hmm? in the heavens. Hmm? He had no desire. Finally, pushes. He said, "All right, give bhakti to my dead father. If you want to give something, give it to him." Hmm? So Prahlad had no material desire and he has full of compassion. Hmm. Well, the extraordinary position, he wanted to showcase the extraordinary position of, of, of Prahlad before the whole universe. Hmm. <laughs> Imagine if Nishingadev appeared today and told you, take this, how <laughs> he would fare. Hmm. So what we have to pass through to have really to be an associate of Bhagwan. Hmm? The devotee is great. The devotee is extraordinary. Hmm? That's a big, big, big word, devotee. Hmm? All the implications of that. So, uh, we'll see. Hmm? He's being tested. Yeah. Sutta Goswami says, after reaching his own camp, Arjuna, along with his dear friend, charioteer, Sri Krishna, entrusted the murderer to his dear wife, who was lamenting for her murdered sons. That's Draupadi. And Sutta Goswami said, and we'll hear what Draupadi said through the, through the mouth of Sutta Goswami in our next discussion. What's the time? What time do we start? 6.40? Okay. Sufficient for the night, so... So now we come to Draupadi and we see that the, 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 the aggressor has been arrested. Krishna's pushing for him to be killed. Arjuna's having some doubts. And Draupadi comes on the scene. Srimad Bhagavatam Gijai.